This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. This is the show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing great today. I'm thrilled to welcome on Trey Burton. That's right. You know him from the Philly special. I will ask him about it. You may have to wait till the very end of the interview to hear him talk about it, but he gave a good answer, so uh, it's worth sticking around for. Uh, but, man, we have an awesome conversation with him. Uh, really cool guy and uh, still wanting to play in the NFL, uh, not with the team currently, uh, but he, of course, played for the Eagles, won a Super Bowl, uh, played with the Colts. Uh, he has a lot to say about Frank Reich, uh, which, is, which is cool, and then he also spent time with the Chicago Bears, and you'll definitely want to stick around and hear what he has to say about the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, and his experience last year. So uh, I'll leave I'll, I'll leave the uh, the suspense there uh, for sure. But uh, a couple other things uh, about him: he's he's married with three children. I said two during the intro, but he's actually three. Um, and then he's from Florida. And uh, interesting career stat: only fumbled once in his NFL career. So that's pretty good. So still has uh, 145 career catches, over 1,400 career receiving yards, 15 career touchdowns, uh, and then, of course, the Philly special. Got to love it. What a what a throw. What a throw. I, I like that Eagles team a lot. That was a fun Eagles team with Nick Foles. Man, that was, that was sweet. That was a great win. So before we jump in, let me uh, thank our presenting sponsor, MetaShare. Uh, MetaShare is a, an affordable, reliable healthcare option that you can trust. And you can go to MetaShare.com slash unpacking it to get a quote, find out more information uh, about this, this unique option. And it's been great for my family for six years. And MetaShare offers programs for every budget. And the best part, on average, members save 50% or more on healthcare costs. And so that's the reality um, and so that's the opportunity and encourage you to check out metashare.com slash unpacking it. Well, right now, let's jump right in. Here's Trey Burton. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Unpacking it with Bryce Johnson. And joining us now on the MetaShare guest line is former NFL tight end Trey Burton. He won a Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles and also spent time with the Colts and the Bears. He was undrafted in 2013 out of the University of Florida. He's a husband and father of two. 
Trey, thanks so much for joining us on Unpacking It. How are you? I'm doing well, bro. Everything good with you? Oh, that's great, man. Absolutely. Love the summer. Love that football is is starting up and, and want to talk about both of those things uh, with you. We'll start with the summer. How has the summer been with the family? What, what have been some of the activities and, and even vacations that you guys have enjoyed? Summer's been great. It's probably been one of my favorite summers um, as a family. I think my kids are transitioning a little bit more into like competitive travel uh, sports. So it's been fun to like watch them compete and um, do those types of things. And then just being able to be home and spend time with them and um, still get my workouts in in the morning and um, just those, those types of things. Being able to go fish with my son or, you know, go have date nights with my daughters. It's, it's been fun. It's good. I can't complain. Uh, that's great. So, so how old are your kids then? I got uh, my oldest is nine. My son is seven and my baby is uh, five. Oh, I said two. You got three. My I bad. Three, yeah. Yeah. You got three? got three, man. Well, good, good for you. So um, those are fun, fun ages. I imagine as well. Um, so you mentioned taking your daughters on dates. What, what does that look like? How, how did you start that? I've got two daughters myself. They're young though. Three and one. So I yeah, love to hear about yeah. that. I kind of started that, uh, when I was playing, when I was playing, probably when my oldest was four, um, I just wanted to get some like intentional time with them during the bye week And so, uh, I would just make sure, you know, something at their age level that they would enjoy, you know, like my, the, my oldest, we actually went to go see the, uh, new minions movie, you know, had, and had dinner after that. And, uh, just got to hang out, you know, Tucker did some ice cream. And then my youngest, we just did dinner um, with a cool dessert this time. And, uh, yes, and my son just likes to play sports. So I'm with him all the time, you know, all around the place. So <laughs> That's awesome. Very cool. Well, and then with, with training camp starting up, well, we'll talk about kind of where, where you're at in, in your career. Uh, but, but as you look back and you think about training camp, what, what comes to mind? What are some of the memories of, of being at training camp over the years? Yeah, I mean, training camp sucks. I mean, there's no other way, to, <laughs> no other way to go around it. There's nothing fun about it. Um, I mean, the only positive I would say would be like just you're just all football, you know, for guys that really enjoy football and enjoy, you know, watching film and um, competing. I mean, that's it's fun, you know, to a degree. So many days of that kind of gets tiring and boring, but the very beginning is fun. And then uh, just being around the guys, being in the locker room, you know, just having really only having each other. Based every team I played on, we were in a different location for training camp. It was like a different way of the way that they do it and so um i'm mean, like specifically like chicago we were two three hours away from our facility in my house and so like there was no way to really go home was, that wasn't an option and the family couldn't be there at practice every day so i had all i had was my guys you know being around them so um but other than the heat which i enjoy um and then you know being around the guys and, and ball it's it's not fun gosh no it's it's tough and, and i'm curious so when you guys are in training camp, we, of course, as fans, we're making predictions and we're thinking, all right, this team's, they're a Super Bowl caliber team, they're a playoff team, and all that kind of thing. Do you guys, like, just for you, do you think about that? Can you get a pulse of, all right, this, based on, on training camp, we've got a team that can do this or we got a team that can do that? And then as you look back, how often did that sort of play out the way that you expected? Yeah, I mean, I would say, first of all, this is the worst time of the year ever because there's so many people that think they know what they're talking about. And there's, I mean, like, like today I, I watched ESPN for 20 minutes with my son and you have all these un, unanimous sources that are saying ah. stuff about, I mean, bro, what are we talking about? You know, like if you, if you're man, if you're not man enough to put your name on it, then let's not even have the conversation, you know, at all. And then, you know, of course the media jumps on it and, and, you know, they, they play it in every segment. It's just, just a disaster. But you, I mean, I think you have an understanding during OTAs, you know, how good you could be. Um, obviously the organization is, you know, watching and seeing how everybody plays and how well 
uh, how good a shape everybody's in during OTAs and usually leave in pretty good shape. Um, and then they know from then on, like, we need to upgrade this position. And that's what, you know, kind of happens during the summertime where free agents start coming in and, um, and draft picks start, you know, producing and playing a little bit. And then you get to training camp and the, everybody kind of knows they have an understanding of the system. They have an understanding of what to expect. And you kind of just, you know, hopefully the good teams just hop right back into it um, after OTAs. So take me back to 2017 training camp and, and that Philadelphia Eagles team, that's the team that, that won the Super Bowl. So was there any thought that, hey, this is a, a Super Bowl caliber team? What, what was the thought process then? I, I think every team goes in thinking they can win the Super Bowl, honestly. You know, I, mm. I don't think anybody ever says, oh, this isn't going to be our year. Everybody has you know, positive thoughts going into the year. Um, but there's so many things, you know, as I've learned, there's so many things that need to happen. And so many, like the ball has to bounce your way and the referee has to call a call your way. That's kind of, you know, questionable. So you need so many of those um, deals to happen in order for you to make it to the end. But we knew we had a really good team. We were loaded at a lot of positions, you know, as the season went on, you could see that because multiple starters, you know, multiple pro bowlers were on IR and they didn't even get to play in the Super Bowl. but the younger guys or the guys that were their backups, you know, um, were able to step in and play. So th- this is one of my favorite teams. I love that Eagles team that, that you were on and, and won that Super Bowl. It was so fun to cheer for you guys. And the, the part for me though, to think that was only five years ago, yeah. And and to take a look at all the guys that were, you know, key from coaches to players, you know, not there anymore in the different paths that that all of you guys have have been on to think that Doug Peterson's now coaching the Jaguars, you know, it's just a fascinating thing. What what do you make of kind of how things went afterward in, in the last 5 years? It's a lot to think about, you know, kind of like what you're saying like gosh, I mean, Doug is the head coach of the Jaguars. I would have never <laughs> thought Doug Peterson wouldn't, I mean, I would think for at least 10 years, he would have a chance to be, I mean, think about Andy Reid. I mean, Andy Reid probably is the best coach to ever coach in Philadelphia, you know, and how many years did he spend there and he never won a Super Bowl. So I would think, you know, Doug would at least get a little bit more respect than he did. But that, that whole, uh, that whole ordeal and everything that ha- happened after that was just such a cluster, you know, and um, I'm just glad everybody landed on their feet. That's what, that's what makes me happy. Yeah. And, and, and with that, what, what do you make of, of Nick Foles now with, Frank Reich and the and the Colts and and Carson Wentz in 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 Washington. What what it just as a former teammate and I imagine you might be loosely friends with those guys to to see kind of where where they're at at this stage of their career. Yeah, it is weird seeing uh, Carson in the uh, in the Commanders uniform. They're definitely, I mean, playing them four times, uh, four years in a row, <laughs> two times, you know, a year. It's just it adds up, and so it's weird to see him there. And then. Um, I, I know the situation that Foles is going into. I mean, it's the best, one of the best organizations in uh, the NFL with arguably the best head coach and GM in the NFL. So um, mm. he's got a really special situation and, and, um, and place that he's in. But um, I'm excited to watch Carson. And I, obviously you hear from the outside how great of a guy uh, Coach Rivera is and um, just, you know, those types of things. But I don't know him personally, so I can't really speak on it. But um, I, think, I think he'll have a good year. It'll be fun to watch. It's going to be fascinating. Absolutely. Uh, I'm a Panthers fan. So Ron Rivera was, was here for a long time and and well-respected for, for sure. All right. So what about you too? So over the last five years, it's, it's been a wild, wild journey for, for you as well. And, and I'm curious uh, more importantly from a, a faith perspective, but, but take us into what these last five years have been like since winning a Super Bowl, the ups and downs and, and playing for, for multiple teams and, uh, not playing at, at times, uh, when you reflect back on it, in what ways has your faith grown through this and, and God's shown up uh, in, in unique ways through, through this experience? 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much growth. It'd be hard to really explain, you know, in detail or go into detail because I haven't necessarily processed much of it because I'm not necessarily out of the game yet. And uh, so I, I'm excited for that day, and who knows how long that will be. So I really like sit down and process a lot of it. But I'm, I will say, like, you one the biggest thing I probably learned in that time was like, don't take where you're at for granted. So like, so for example, in Philadelphia in 2017. There will, there will, I'll never be on a team more that's closer than with each other than that. You know, like if one dude wants to do this, there's six of us going with him. You know, probably even more, maybe eight to twelve of us going with him. No matter what it was, you know, we just we knew this is what was legit. This is what was happening. You know, you got community service stuff going on all over the place. You got families, kids getting born. You got weddings. I mean, you name it, man. Like there's so many things that we all just did together in a community. Um, and me being naive, that was that was my fourth year maybe fifth year in the nfl i didn't know any different i thought that's how it was you know like oh shoot you know i'm gonna go to chicago and it's gonna be exactly the same when like it was actually the complete opposite you know there's only like two or three guys in the in um in bible study they didn't really even have a pastor that was leading bible study so it was more of like you know i'm on an island now you know me and one or two other guys together instead of like being eight to twelve guys together living life together so um and then you go to indy where like your head coach is an absolute rock star and you know, you got Philip Rivers, who's a big believer and you got multiple other guys. And so it's just weird, like each team and each locker room and each city is completely different. Um, but you, you have so many like small and big things that you just learn over time that you kind of get forced into. And it's just cool to see a guy kind of move, you know, in those instances. Absolutely. So a lot to unpack in there, but, but one thing that jumps out to me, you, you've mentioned it twice, uh, how much it sounds you respect, Frank Reich. And, oh, yeah. and so I'm a huge fan. Uh, he used to live in Charlotte. I heard him speak when he was, it was back doing kind of his preaching days. And now to see him as, as the head coach in, in Indy, it's, it's awesome. I root for the Colts. I got my Colts stuff on the wall. So yeah. I'm all in, but, but what, what do you see as far as having been around them uh, that makes him to, to say he's a rock star head coach? You know, I don't know if the average fan knows that would say that. So, so I'd love your perspective on him. Yeah, here's here's what's really cool about Frank is like no matter if you you know throw the Super Bowl winning touchdown or you you know throw a Super Bowl losing interception, like he's gonna be so chill and even keeled and like so straightforward and straight to the point where you know you're gonna get like you're gonna, you're gonna go in his office and you're gonna have a conversation that's fruitful. Number one, and then number two, that's gonna be like truth. There's no bullcrap behind it. Now things can change. You know, there's been guys where I've had conversations and you know, well, coach told me this, but then he told me this is what really happened. And I'm like, well, I mean, bro, what else could you expect? Like, he's being honest with you. He comes to you like a man and has a conversation with you. In a lot of instances, that doesn't happen. In a lot of organizations, that doesn't happen. You know, they'll say one thing to make you feel good about yourself, and then the next next day, the complete opposite, you know, will happen. And so, uh, like, like for example, last year I did I did a tryout with the Jaguars. So I was about to try out, and, I mean, from my understanding, like, I'm all in. Like, I try out, and the tryout goes well. I'm there. Like, I'm playing on the team. Cool. I'm excited. I play under Urban at Florida, right? So I have a relationship with them. So I have no problem with me. I understand what all that goes into it. I get to 30 minutes before the workout. I take my COVID test to make sure I'm not, I'm not you know, uh, I don't test positive. And I get a notification on my phone and it says that Jaguars just traded for a tight end. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm about to work out in like 25 minutes. No, no lie. Like almost about to put my cleats on and I get a, the notification. So I call my agent. I'm like, what the heck? What's going on? And he's like, oh, let me call the GM. Call the GM. He calls me back. He says, bro, leave. It's crazy what's happening right now. And we, oh there's God. a lot more into it. But basically, long story I'm short, sure. like, just go ahead and go. You know, I'm, I'm like, all right, sweet. I'm out. So you get like, you get that. But then also you get 
there's a complete opposite spectrum of it where they're going to sit you down and have a conversation. And I, and I wouldn't have had a problem with any of that stuff in Jacksonville. Just let me know. Like, cool, if that's the case. And if I have to beat somebody out or I got to compete against somebody, like, sweet, whatever, no big deal. But the fact that, like, you're going to draft a dude and, or you're going to trade, trade for a guy and all that, just it was just crazy, you know? So that's kind of like the full... 360. Wow. No, I, that's good. That's good insight. And, and uh, yeah, in, in behind pulling the curtain a little bit. So I appreciate that. That's interesting. Yeah. Gosh, the spot that you're in now, you got, you, you've had a, a great career as far as opportunities and, and playing for some great coaches and winning the Super Bowl and, and wanting to continue to play. So, so what is that? What does that look like for you now in, in the off season or now with training camp starting up wanting to, to, to get onto a team? Yeah, I don't really think anybody would ever want to sign right before training camp. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> having the having no off season and then like jumping right into training camp is it's a tough schedule to you know go after. But yeah, I'm open to playing. You know, this uh, my agent has been in contact with a bunch of guys, a couple teams um, here and there. So I'm staying in shape. Um, if something happens, you know, towards the end of training camp and beginning of season or mid season, then you know I'm all in. Obviously, based on the opportunity and and those types of things, and you know everything going on with my family and stuff, but. As of right now, I'm all in with my family and what we have going on sports-wise and uh, just living life with them and just being you know, the best dad that I possibly can with them because that is kind of the, um, the route that I want to go right now. That's awesome. Staying ready, staying ready. So, so then with that, how, how, does, that, how does your faith uh, help you uh, remain patient and, and what's God teaching you? Even last year, by, by not p- playing and going through the season not playing, um, what kind of experience was that like for you and, and, and how did that, that strengthen or, or challenge your faith? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. Cause it's, it's different, honestly, like really different. I don't, sometimes I don't really know what to do with myself, you know, like uh, playing football my whole entire life. I've started playing football when I was five and only missed one year because I was over. I, I wasn't overweight. I weighed too much to play pop Warner football <laughs> and I wasn't going to lose the weight to go down and play pop Warner football. I was going to play high school football the next year. So uh, basically my whole life I've played football and all I've ever known was this schedule, re- regimented schedule. You know, you got, um, you got spring practices and you got spring game and you got a couple of day, a couple of weeks off, you know, to train over the summer to get ready for training camp and then boom, training camp happens and then you play football, you know, so that's all I've ever known. And like kind of getting out of that space, um, it's kind of helps me realize that like I'm more than just a football player. Um, and I, my life is more than just playing football. Um, but then also like, value the time that I did have when I was playing football and like really like really enjoy and think back about that and and, and encourage my guys that are playing now in the league I got guys all across the league that I'm really really good buddies with you know to kind of help them and when they're done you know hopefully mentor them and kind of give them some wisdoms and tips on you know what to expect because I'm bro it's weird like really really weird right now the fact that like I remember I remember sitting in the locker room watching ESPN when they're doing the training camp update you know what's happening with guys and all around the league you know and and not doing that anymore is kind of it's it's fun because I get to be around my family and my kids and like I have a set situation back at home and like we have I'm not very far from where I grew up and you know I have good friends and family to kind of like trans uh, transfer me to a new career a new life but um, it's definitely weird and it's unique and I don't really know how many people really get to experience you know those types of feelings or thoughts because just because of how crazy uh, being a professional athlete is if you really think about it. <sighs> No, it's a really tough spot, and and even in thinking about because uh, your your mind is all right. I, I'm ready. I, I want to keep playing football, but then I imagine part of you is okay. Let me think about what else I'm going to do after football and what the next yeah. career is. And then you're also just enjoying the moment of being with your family and soaking in this season of life 
with your kids. Yeah. And so you're kind of turning turning the the, the switch on, on and off. That's a difficult thing. Well, one thing I've caught myself doing is like not diving in, like kind of like sitting on the sidelines of a lot of things, you know, kind of like putting things on hold because I don't really know what's going to happen next. You know, I don't know what I want to do. I don't, I don't really feel like I'm in a rush to do anything and I don't really know what I want to do. So it's kind of like a weird situation, you know, for me to be in. Um, but I mean, every day we're getting closer to figuring out the goal and what we want to do as a family. That's neat. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's go back a, a little bit and, and I'd love to hear a little bit about your, your faith journey and, and what are maybe some of the, the, the key moments th- throughout your faith journey or a turning point in your life when you knew God was real and, and you knew that you wanted to, to follow Jesus. Yeah. Um, I was, I mean, one of the earliest turning points was I went to a Christian school, um, growing up. I remember I was in preschool. One of the only things I, re- I remember of being like under like 10, and I had a teacher named Miss Karecki, and she was basically giving like an altar call in the middle of a class. And, and I raised my hand to go out, outside and pray with her. And so I accepted Christ from a really early age. And I feel like every day, every year, every week, every month, like God was protecting me in a way that was like super unique. And I, I was able to like, I had understanding or clear understanding of how certain things, maybe maybe kids that age shouldn't or, or don't understand um, at that point. But Fast forward to um, I get to high school and I start getting a little, bit, a little hungrier and hungrier for Christ. And I would meet a guy every morning, um, well, every Wednesday morning um, at like the local diner right in front of my high school. And he would basically just sew into me um, about, you know, what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it look like to, you know, walk like a Christian and um, how to pray, how to read the Bible? You know, just like the basic Christianity 101 type things. And I was like really thankful for that. Um, because I felt like God brought a man into my life. I grew up without a dad, brought a man into my life who was like consistent and I could, I could count on and be there every single time. And so um, learned a lot from him. His name was Rodney Ring. Um, he, he actually leads um, Fellowship of Christian Athletes for like Southwest Florida, like from Tampa all the way down to Naples. Um, so he's got promoted um, since then, which I'm really happy for him and his family about that. But then, you know, fast forward to college, you know, you leave your home and you get to make your own choices now and you don't have to go to church and you don't have to do these types of things. So I would say like my first first year, year and a half, I was all in on the college life. Like didn't really want to go to church. I would attend Bible studies, you know, be there um, just because I felt like, you know, I felt God tugging on my heart a lot of times. Um, but my junior year comes around. And I had, a, I had a girlfriend at the time and I walk into her apartment and she's like bawling, crying. And I'm like, what the heck's going on? And she hands me a pregnancy test and she says, I'm pregnant. And I'm like, shoot, like, dang, like, I don't want to be like my dad. Like, that's the first thought that came to my head. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to leave this situation. You know, it'd be super easy for me to run and, you know, whatever and take care of it or whatever you want, whatever you want to say. But I was like, man, I don't want to be like my dad. And then from then on out, like, I remember my girlfriend, who's not my wife, um, we got on our knees and we, I mean, we had been going to church. Like we had been, you know, trying to get serious. Like we were thinking about getting married, like maybe not when we were in college. You know, I was in my junior year. So maybe another year and a half later, probably, possibly, but um, not at that moment, you know? And I remember her, her and I getting on our knees and basically like committing our relationship to the Lord from that, that point on. Like we knew we screwed up. We knew this isn't his, the way he intended to do it. Um, but then we were on like a fast track to get married. So we were in, in marriage counseling. We had been together for two years before that, you know, so this wasn't like it was like a one time, one deal thing. Um, and so from that was like the biggest turning point for me, like everything became super real, you know, and I kind of had to like buck up and take control of the situation. And but also like 
lean heavily on the Lord because I'd never really seen this play out, marriage and, you know, being a dad play out in my life. Um, and then so, boom, that happens. Um, fast track, you know, two years later, I, wow. I be, I'm an undrafted free agent. I'm thinking I'm going to get drafted to Philadelphia, um, uh, get drafted, period. I end up signing with Philadelphia as an undrafted free agent, and uh, I get an invite to Bible study my first day at, at, in the locker room. And someone taps me, you know, maybe on my shoulder. I forgot where. I just remember getting hit. And, like, I turn around, and it's Nick Foles, who's the starting quarterback, probably, like, the most important player for the, the Philadelphia region. Like, no, no one else is more important than Nick Foles at, at the time. Um, and he's like, hey, Bible study, you know, 1.30, whatever time it was. Um, if you want to come, you're, you're more than welcome. Sweet. Um, I show up at Bible study. Um, it was kind of weird because there's a couple coaches in there and, like, player personnel, and there's, like, a couple – players like mm. coaches player personnel which is like like staff that aren't coaches and then players and kind of like even number between all of us and i remember nick walked in he was like he was the last one to walk in he sits down and he says all right let's pray and he prays and he goes all right we're reading from acts 10 today and i'm like this dude the starting quarterback is out of all the people that this team organization has inside the facility like this is the dude that's gonna lead bible study and the most important person in the city of philadelphia like shoot what am i doing with my life that's exactly what i thought i said what am i doing with my life and from then on i was all in with all the stuff that happened you know in philly and that's kind of how um i would i dove into the situation and so those are kind of like the fast track points um in my life sorry if that was too much no, that's a that's a lot, man. That gosh, what what a story and uh, very encouraging. Um, go going back to you know your 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 now wife and 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 all that, that you two have have been through. Uh, just curious, your um, understanding or appreciation of God's uh, just grace and and your uh, I guess understanding of all right. I, I know he's there. I know he's tugging on my heart, but now I, now I've got to really seek him and commit to him and making that kind of that transition. So the, the, the one side experiencing God's grace, he, he, he loved you in that season and, and maybe had kind of drifted a little bit. Um, but then also feeling the call to, man, I want to follow God's way. And I want to, I want to bring my future wife along, along with me. I don't know. I'm just curious, just taking me into that. Cause I think people can relate to that. I know I've got people in my life that uh, have either gone through a similar situation and, and, and can relate to that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's in order to understand the grace, you have to understand what you did wrong or what mm. the sin is, but you also understand like the God's heart behind all of it, you know, mm. and like how much he loves us and how much he cares for us. You know, and I think um, the, maybe the most important part of getting repentance from the sin is just admitting, you know, and turning away and like understanding like that's, that's all I could really think of at the time. Like, okay, shoot, we screwed up. You know, like this isn't the way it was intended to go. We can't undo it. There's nothing I can do to take it back, you know? And so like, let's go full steam ahead and kind of turn away, you know, from where we, where we were at and let's do it the way that we know and that we've been reading and that, you know, it's been taught to us um, way. And I think a lot of that, uh, it was hard. There's nothing easy about it by any means, you know, it was embarrassing and, you know, there's nothing, nothing cool about that by any means. And so it was, it was, it was also hard for both of us individually to have to make that choice together, you know? Cause I mean, shoot, from my wife's standpoint, oh, he could just be, you know, another football player that this is what they do, you know, like the mm. stigma between all of us, you know, and uh, I can raise this kid by myself, you know, just, I'm sure there's a ton of things that she could think of and me, you know, thinking the same thing. Like I, I don't need her. Like I just want the child, like, you know, all these things that come to mind. Um, and the, 
uh, we were just really fortunate, you know, I think going coming along with the repenting and turning away from it, like there was people that were running at us to help us, you mm. know, and like God is always running at us to meet us where we're at in those situations. But we got to repent and we have to turn away, you know, from those things. Um, and yeah, I, I, I only like the picture I have is just like him just running. Like we take we, we repent, we turn. And by the time we're, we turn, he's there. You're like, you know, like no matter how far away he was, like, boom, next thing you know, he's right there with you and kind of walking with you. And so it was Man. just really cool to see him throw people in our lives that, you know, we never might have never met before or we maybe we did meet before and might have had similar situations or might have had a way to, you know, kind of help us build each other up um, during those times. Amen. Ah, oh, man, that's awesome. That's a, that's a wonderful uh, picture and image to, to, to think about there with the turn around there. There God is, he's right yeah. there with us. A- absolutely. Uh, man, no, I appreciate you, uh, you sharing about that. Um, the one other thing uh, you, you mentioned having a mentor in, in Rodney and uh, same thing for me back in middle school, my youth pastor, he would meet with me, pick me up from, from middle school and we'd go grab McDonald's and he invested in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it, throughout your life now at this stage, it, have you been able to, to, to mentor? I think you even mentioned even guys in the league uh, learning from, all right, somebody poured into me now wanting to, to pour into to others. What, what has that kind of relationship been like for, for you maybe on the, on the flip side? Yeah, it's been kind of cool because Rodney didn't do anything like extraordinary, you know, actually let's get in the word, like let's read the book of Matthew. And honestly, that's like my number one preferred way of number learning. But then also like if you were like, yo, Trey, let's have a Bible study tomorrow. Sweet. What book do you want to start in? Because like, I'm not going to skip book to book. To book. I was, let's read what's going on in this in Matthew, right? And let's talk about it. Let's have a conversation. We'll read for 20 minutes and we'll have a 30 minute conversation and boom, we'll be out of our, out of our way. And so like that. That's kind of how him and I did it, but that was like easily, that's easily the number one way. And really one of the only ways that I'm like studying and learning and reading. And that's how we used to do Bible studies everywhere I went, you know, from then on out in the mornings, we would get in, get in there and we would all, you, everybody would vote on a, on a book to, to read. And the night before we'd read the chapter and then that morning we'd come in and we'd hit on a couple good things and boom, everybody's out in 15 to 20 minutes. But you learn so much, you know, from those things instead of like having to, talk about let's talk about courage today you know and like shoot like find all these verses cross-reference and everything like it's just so much simpler for me and i learned way better that way so he kind of instilled that in me from you know day one. Oh, that's cool that, that's neat what uh what book are you studying right now are you are you studying, studying not in one right now uh okay. we we did a study uh during it's really it's easy during the school year because you have a schedule but now that it's summertime and the kids are all over the place oh yeah um what we, we did uh what do we do we did acts um this year and i think we're gonna do james and john when we go back to school um coming up cool so you're doing this with your kids then i am i have done it with my kids okay i'm talking about like the guys that i do study gotcha gotcha okay excellent oh that's 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 very neat and and one other thing i want to ask you about so i was was reading about you writing up you were writing about prayer um and it seems like prayer has been key in in your life as well and as Followers of Jesus, what a wonderful opportunity we have to to, to pray to the, the the God of the universe. And and so, from your experience, what have you kind of learned about prayer? How has it impacted your your faith and, and your growth? And and even some encouragement for for sports fans listening today that may say, "Man, I," a guy would say, "I don't know, I don't know about prayer. I struggle with prayer." And what what has maybe helped you along the way? Yeah, I think the one of the cool things about prayer, and especially when you're praying in the group, is you kind of get to like a really good, maybe the best understanding of someone's heart, 
when they're praying, you know, because number one, they're, they're praying for things that are important to them. You're not going to mention it if it's not important. So you kind of get an understanding, you know, where they're at. That's kind of how I, I mean, good way or bad way. That's kind of how I get an understanding of like where my kids are at right now. Like is how, le- not not necessarily like how lengthy their prayers, but like what are the things they're actually like praying about? Are they the things that we've talked about as a family, you know, of like what's going on? Like, for example, I have a, I have a buddy um, who doesn't know the Lord, but like is starting to go to church a little bit and like, Every single night, the last two months, the first thing my, my baby is prayed about, five-year-old girl, is pray for this guy. She's uh-huh. prayed for him, that he will get to know Jesus. And, and, and she would only know that if she heard my wife and I, you know, have a conversation about, like, oh, we should be inviting him and, you know, who are we going to try to, you know, talk to and that type of stuff. So, like, you, you kind of get a really good picture um, of the heart. And then, like, it's been cool to see. Um, I've been in some really unique prayer situations, like, before, before the games, um, in the hotel room late nights like where we've been praying for a couple hours listening to music um and so it's just cool to like when you obviously it's cool when you pray for things and they happen right but i think it's even cooler like when there's that period of like waiting in between um and it's not necessarily instant or instantaneous or it doesn't happen the way you think it was supposed to happen or you wanted it to happen like just but it happened you know like i think that's really cool and it's kind of a way like obviously it's a way to connect with the lord um but then also kind of way for yourself to grow um in your faith it's like whenever somebody gets hurt or something happens, like one of my biggest prayers is not necessarily for healing, but obviously I want somebody to get healed, but like, I hope they fully get to experience what God is teaching them in these moments. You know, like that's what we kind of should be praying for. Not necessarily like, Oh, heal me tomorrow. Like shoot, whatever step back you want me to be taking, because obviously you want me to take a step back because my elbow is dislocated and I can't use it anymore. Like, right. There's something, something in that, like don't miss that part. And don't miss that point. And so I think that's one of the important parts of prayer in our faith. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, one of, one of my daughters is having some, some health issues, and, and it's, it, we're praying for healing, but also, all right, what, what is God doing in this? What, what's, yeah. How's he changing my, what my wife and I is? We're, we're trusting him and, and, and that sort of thing. So That's um, a bigger tragedy than the actual injury itself or the illness or whatever the thing you're praying yeah. If you miss that, like it's way worse than actually having to go through that because then you went through it for no reason you know like that's right if you actually go through it for a reason and there's greatness that comes out of it like shoot i'm in you know sign me up that uh, yeah and and that's a sign of of spiritual maturity really because it's hard to get to that point of accepting difficulty and pain and 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 seeing it as a blessing that that the bible tells us that, that that we can consider it joy so um that's all. That's all. Hard, wait, wait. Consider joy. What are you talking about? Trial? I'm not considering. <laughs> so, um, but but as I've grown in my faith, and I, it sounds like you as well, you you realize, all right, God's doing something in this, and and yeah, we still go to Him and ask Him to to heal and move and and answer our prayer, but but in the process, change me, change me along the way. So, awesome. uh, yeah, I appreciate that. That's awesome. All right, last thing. We'll wrap up. I'm sure listeners are saying, man, you got to ask about the Philly special. You got to ask about the Philly special. So I'm sure you get, you get asked every single day um, something about the, the touchdown throw to, to Nick Foles. Um, but, but I guess my, my question is, what's it like being known for a play? Uh, I was recently with David Tyree, and, and he's known for a play, the helmet catch. Yeah, of course. Um, and you got both of those plays are right up there is, is some of the greatest ever. So what, what's that, what's that, what's that like? Is that a, is that a, always a cool thing? And is it negative in any way? Cause you get asked about it all the time. Uh, I don't know. That's a, that's an interesting question. I never really thought of it like that. Um, 
I don't really like, I'm not like the most friendliest person in the world. So like, I, I do kind of get kind of weird in like those, uh, those types of like conversations sometimes, you know, I, and I, I'm sure I could come off as like, you know, not the nicest guy in the world every once in a while. Um, especially like when I'm having dinner with my children and someone walks up and starts, you know, losing their minds about what happened. Like it kind of, it's a little weird, you know, in my opinion, but, uh, no, it's cool. I mean, it's, it's awesome. Like, it's just weird how f- football and the lore works and it's, everything comes full circle. Like I was recruited to the university of Florida as a quarterback. So like when I first started playing high school football, I played safety, didn't play quarterback. We were so bad that the coach was like, Hey, we're going to try to put like the best athlete at quarterback and let's see if that works. And that's literally how I started becoming a quarterback. And I would go to quarterback camps, never threw a football. I never, not even pop warned that I played quarterback. And so boom, I get recruited to go to Florida as a quarterback. I get to Florida and I'm behind the guy named John Brantley, who was like, you know, a five-star. I think he was Gatorade player of the year. It was him and Cam Newton. We're like one and two out recruit recruits going to Florida. Um, and uh, I'm behind John Brantley. John sat behind Tebow his whole career. So obviously they're going to give John his shot. John was way better quarterback than I was at the time. So I'm sitting on the bench. Season's about to start. And Urban's like, hey, I want you to play. You're too athletic to play, to be sitting on the bench. So I need you to play a position for us on the field. I'm a freshman. I don't want to sit. I don't want a red shirt. So heck yeah, I'm all in. I'm going to play this. Um, and so boom, I go into this playing all these different positions. And then there's like a stigma that I can't throw a football. And I'm like, bro, I can throw a football. It might not be the best possible, you know, spiral in the world, Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, but dude, I can throw it to where I need to go. So I get all this crap my whole life from everybody, you know, everybody down here in Florida, my family, oh, you can't throw, you can't do this, my friends, blah, 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 you're not good enough. And then shoot, you know, I get a chance to throw the ball and it works, you know? So it's just funny the way it all comes full circle. Ah, uh, that is cool. Gosh, that, that put, that puts that play in, in perspective. So that's, uh, that, that's neat. Well, man, I, I'm, I'm pulling for you and, and, and know that God's moving either way, whatever, whatever team you end up on or whatever ends up happening next in, in your, your life and career, uh, excited for you and rooting for you. And, uh, so glad to have you on the show. I've wanted to have you on the show for a long time and this is a, a real treat for me. So, uh, thank you. And, and so glad this worked out. Yeah, hopefully we can do it again, man. And God bless Absolutely. you and everything you're doing. So much love. Absolutely. Thank you so much. There's Trey Burton, NFL tight end, Super Bowl winner, joining us here on the Unpacking It podcast right here on the MediShare guest line. Sharing the personal side of sports, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. My thanks to Trey Burton. Really enjoyed our conversation, and he said a lot of really interesting things, and and appreciate what he shared, uh, just about certain key moments in his life, and and especially you know with his wife and uh, the, all that they've been through, and and to hear him talk about grace and repentance, and just kind of the wake up call that that he experienced, and you know the key for all of us in in life is turning toward God turning away from sin and toward God. And it's amazing how much he loves us and, and, and how much you know, his grace just continues to pour down on us. The bottom line is the path of, of sin is, it, you know, it, it doesn't lead, it's, it leads to death ultimately. And, and so as, as we continue to follow Jesus, there may be things that, that trip us up. There may be things that, that entice us. And it's acknowledging though that's not the that's not the path I want. That's that's not the decision I want to continue to make. And if we've made the wrong decisions, it's all right, God, I blew it. It's acknowledging, it's grieving the sin in our lives, 
Uh, it's it's saying it's not downplaying. It's not saying ah, it's no big deal. It's it's no no no. That was that was sin. I I I was drifting. I was going my own way. I was chasing you know selfish desires. What whatever it looks like uh, or whatever the motivation was. Um, and then saying God, I I know that you love me. I I know that you're you're still there. I, I know that there is grace because of Jesus. And I I surrender. I confess. Um. And I'm turning toward you, and I want to. I want to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus, and and continue down uh, the right path of life, the the life that you have for me, um, and and we can trust that He'll redeem the 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 mistakes and and redeem our lives and and use those things to strengthen our faith and dependence on Him, and we learn from from those mistakes. And um, you know, I think the key for us though is not again not not downplaying sin or justifying or, ah, it was no big deal. No, 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 it, it was. And I acknowledge it and move forward. And, and so uh, Trey spoke to some of that, uh, but I appreciate what, what he did share and, and that, that image that, that he described of turn, boom, there's God right there. You turn toward him and he's there. Uh, and, and what a loving father we have, uh, our heavenly father. It's awesome. So praise God for his love and his grace. There's no, no, no doubt about it. Uh, and then, you know, hearing him talk about the the Philly special was was really cool as well, and and talking about Nick Foles. I mean, what a guy! Nick Foles, Frank Reich, to me, two of the greatest people in the NFL, and I've never met either one of them, but just from afar, a lot of respect for both those guys. How they carry themselves, what they say when given the opportunity, the impact they've had on a lot of people in and out of football. Uh, going back to what Trey was saying, you know, in the locker room tapping him on the shoulder or wherever he, he tapped him, uh, which is funny. I don't know. He tapped him on the shoulder or an arm or something. Trey doesn't remember. Uh, but, but you know, I thought of, for you and I, who are we tapping on the shoulder? Like, like, who are we saying, hey, join me at church. Hey, jo- join me at a, at a Bible study. Hey, hey join me. At, we, got, we have packs here at Unpacking It. Start a pack. Tap, tap a few guys on the shoulder and say, hey, join me. Uh, we got Fantasy Football Fellowship here at Unpacking It we, for your fantasy leagues. Tap somebody on the shoulder and say, hey, let's let's get together weekly, talk about the Bible, talk about fantasy football. And so uh, that wasn't meant to be a plug for the ministry. It turned out to be. But more importantly, whatever it is, tap people, get them to church. We, we just want to offer you opportunities to grow in your faith and help others grow in their faith as well. Uh, that's why we're here. Ultimately, I just want to see people following Jesus and, and experiencing the life that, that he has for us. And then also Trey talking about, you know, the the ups and downs of his, his career. And, um, you know, it's tough to be, to be out of football, wanting to get back in, and you know that you can still play. You're not done yet. You also have to think about what's next. And so it's it's, it's tough for these guys. These are he's like 30 years old, trying to figure out. Yeah, you know, it's just it's it's a lot. So we 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 as fans make it very transactional. And all right, this guy's on my on this roster. He's not on the roster, or he's on my fantasy roster. He's not on my fantasy roster. These are real guys with real families, wondering where they're going to play and if they're going to play and what's next. And so I enjoy when, when I get the chance to talk to these guys, you know, it's on a personal level and it's, it's real life. And so for, for you as a, as a sports fan, uh, getting to hear, you know, the real side of things, um, what these guys are really going through. It's, uh, I, I think it's very, very eye opening for all of us. Then how about the, the Jaguars? Oh, last year, those Jags, th- that urban Meyer run franchise was, was not, not great, not a good situation there. So, I'm I'm amazed that Doug Peterson is down in Jacksonville, but I I, I believe in Doug Peterson. 
I believe that he's going to turn Trevor Lawrence around. Trevor wasn't terrible last year. He was just in a terrible situation. So I think he'll emerge. He'll be great. Um, he's, you know, he's still a second year guy, but I, I think he'll, he'll take big steps forward. I'm actually a little surprised that Trevor Lawrence isn't going earlier in fantasy drafts. If I can sn- snag him later in fantasy drafts, I'm going to be excited about it. But Jacksonville's got some cleaning up to do uh, based on kind of how things have been run, uh, at least last year and kind of previously too. But, uh, but anyway, that was, uh, that was fun. All good stuff from, uh, from Trey Burton. And I, I've been trying to get him on the show for a while. So this was, this was cool. So uh, we mentioned David Tyree with the helmet catch. Got to get him on the show as well. So we'll try to, maybe we'll even go back to back. How about that? We'll, we'll see what we can do. But uh, thanks so much for listening. Great being with you. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Go tap someone on the shoulder. Say, come, come with me. Let's go. Let's go. Isn't that what Jesus did? That's what he did. The, the disciples, when he was walking here on earth. Hey, drop your nets. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Come on. You're coming with me. Uh, and now he's doing that to us. He's knocking on our hearts uh, for sure. And then we get the opportunity to, to you know, tap somebody on the shoulder and say, hey, join me. So it's cool. All right. Have a great one. This has been the Unpacking It Podcast presented by MediShare. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.